You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is ESPN Radio. I can't dance no this. No markets for James Harden. It's too fast. Well, he had some statements about it. It's ESPN Mornings here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Daryl Morey acknowledged over the weekend that they had looked to trade talks with James Harden, including with the Clippers, but didn't get an offer that they wanted, and now they are done with the trade talks, implying, of course, that James Harden would be back. It's Matt Jones and Myron Metcalf. But we have some breaking news. James Harden right now is in – China, I believe, and he had this to say about the Sixers and Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Daryl Morey is a liar, Mike Metcalf, mm-hmm. and I'll never be part of an organization that he's a part of again. An amazing statement on a lot of levels. You rarely, if ever, would hear a player say that about a GM, but especially one like Morey, who has been his advocate at two different spots. This is your first time hearing that. This just happened. What's your take on it? I mean, James Harden is the NBA equivalent of a guy who's on the verge of his fourth marriage. So the whole it's you, (laughs) not me, you always got to look at that from a certain perspective. He got his way in Houston when he left and ended up in Brooklyn to play with his buddies there. That didn't work out. He goes to Philly. Philly gives up a ton to get him. Now he's upset there when the reality is James Harden should be mad at James Harden was terrible against the Celtics, even though he had a good year. The numbers are great overall, didn't show up in the postseason, which is why there's no big trade market for James Harden. So I think he gambled on himself and lost. He had an opportunity to make a lot of money last offseason, and he said, you know what, I'm going to play out the year and expect a max deal to show up. That didn't happen, and I don't think he should be blaming Maury. I think he should be blaming himself. But this is not 2018, Matt. I don't think teams are clamoring for James Harden the way they were four or five years ago. He, at best, is a number three on a contending team. But if he thinks he's a number one, then he's delusional. And I don't know how you work with a guy in that position. Besides Kyrie Irving, he is probably, wouldn't you say, the most – controversial or polarizing figure in the league, right? He's probably the person who, if you wanted to be a James Harden advocate, you could because he can put up amazing performances. He can score at insane levels. Now, he's never won anything, but you can look back at that Golden State series and say a play here, a play there. But there have also been a ton of detractors, and understandably why. I think everywhere he goes, he finds a way to burn a bridge. I've always been somebody that really respected his talent, and so I've had the tendency to be the kind of but-if guy for James Hart. But I have to tell you, I I, I don't want to just say on a dime I'm changing my opinion on him, but to me, 
He has burned his bridge everywhere. And now if you have also gotten to the point that it's so bad with the dude who was your biggest advocate. I mean, you made the point about the fourth wife. But let's say the fourth wife is the one who had gone, who was his first and second one as well, right? And just kept <laughs> yeah, let, giving him another chance. And then he burns them like that. I mean, that is as bad a statement as you can make. He is a liar. I mean, what else can you say about someone I don't know what happened, but I have to say, for people like me, who have always sort of given James Harden the benefit of the doubt, I think it becomes much harder, and I think, oddly, him saying that almost makes him look worse, at least with what we know now, than Daryl Morey, or am I wrong? No, it, it does, and I don't think Daryl Morey's perfect. I mean, there are a lot of questions about the way he's assembled this team. I better, you know, I'm sure he's trying to talk to Joel Embiid, who... Maybe he's looking at all this and saying, why do I want to be a part of this chaotic organization right now? But but James Harden just doesn't have any more credibility. I mean, wanted to leave the Thunder. He did. Ended up in Houston. Had some great years. Brooklyn, Philly, and, and now this. Here's the reality of a dude like that. When you're great and you're young, people will put up with a lot. People yes. will look at you and go, you know what? That dude has some flaws, some personality quirks, but you know what? He's so good. We're going to tolerate it. What you realize in life is you get a little older and people go, man, I'm not dealing with that nonsense from Especially you. Especially when you've never won anything. I mean, I think exactly. that's the other thing. Like, if you if you had a pr- franchise and you were trying to win. Now, if you're trying to tank, it might be different. But if you are trying to win a title, and I think it's fair to say Philadelphia is in the spot where they need to try to win a title. Would you, Myron Metcalf as a GM, believe in James Harden? Would you think him being my second best player, you mentioned best player, let's just say second best player. Would you think as a second best player, yes, he could do that for me? No, because I I saw him against that young Boston team and he didn't get the job done. And I saw him in Brooklyn when he played next to Kyrie and Kevin Durant and they had injury issues, but even when he was out there, it wasn't working out. He was in Houston. He had Chris Paul on the verge of a championship. That didn't happen. Played with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City. That didn't happen. This is a dude who's been surrounded by greatness and still is pointing the finger at everybody else. He's just not worth the hassle anymore. And I think that's the reality. If he doesn't humble himself and realize he is the third guy on a contending team, because you look around the league, if he goes to the Lakers, let's say, he's number three behind Anthony Davis and LeBron James. If the Clippers are healthy, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, you're number three. If Bradley Beal is a number three for a contending team, then so is James Harden. But I think, Matt, he still has that I'm the guy mentality, and the market is proving that that's not the case, which is why Philly had to end trade talks. I don't think Philly wanted to end trade talks. I just don't think other teams were willing to give up a whole lot to get James Harden, who says stuff like this and now looks like even a bigger headache 24 hours late. It's interesting you say that because at first my initial inclination was to disagree with you and say, well, of course he could be the second, but I don't know. I mean, I go through the teams, go look at the seven teams that can win the title next year and say if you put James Harden on that team, would he be better than the third option for any of them? 
He wouldn't for Denver. That would be Jokic and Murray. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't for Phoenix. He'd be maybe the fourth at best. Yeah, the Lakers, it's going to be behind Anthony Davis and LeBron. Milwaukee, I think he's behind Giannis and Drew Holiday. You know, the Celtics, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I don't think there's any team that you could put him on where he'd be the third best option. And the thing is, you mentioned as you get older. As you get older – and you're the third option instead of the first or second, people are not going to put up with your nonsense, right? Like there's not – you will put up with your nonsense for one guy, the top guy, but maybe not the third. You're going to see Kyrie Irving's kind of having this same issue as he gets older. When he's the best, it's a little different. I remember John Calipari many years ago would say, I can have one guy on my team that's disruptive, disruptive. I can't have two. If you have two, you have a problem. Well, most teams already have that guy, Myron, and they don't want to add a Harden as well to make it even worse. No. And I think there are a lot of guys who maybe have these sort of combative moments with leadership, but it's behind closed doors. You just called Darren Morey a liar. Publicly. A liar. In, like, in China. You, no, know, you went to China yeah. and said it as well. <laughs> there's no way back from that. Because now, to me, if you're Philly – you got to go, okay, we can't make a trade right now. It appears that no one is interested and in willing to give up a whole lot to get this guy. Do we even want him a part of this team this year? Like, I know we're paying him, but do we even want him involved if that's the attitude he's going to take? They've already dealt with this with Ben Simmons and some of the challenges they had there. Now here they are a couple years later, and it's the same issue. I think James Harden is the dude – who, you know, the young dude who comes out of college, has a lot of money, drives the sports car. Everybody loves him. He's the life of the party. And now this dude is 35, and he thinks he's 25, and it's not the same. And if he's not going to be humble and realize that he has to change his role and accept a different way of playing and a different situation to win a championship, why deal with James Harden at this point in his career? It's just not worth the trouble, and I think that's what he's figuring out. He may not have a team next year, Matt, yeah, because you call you. your GM a liar. I don't know how you let that dude out there with your team. Especially it's trade. the guy that always took up for you, right? It's the guy that yeah. always was your sort of uh, GM of last resort. I also wonder, yeah. do these dudes not realize this tanks their trade value? I mean, when you say things like this, it tanks your trade value, which makes it even harder for them to get rid of you to the destination of your choice. I often wonder why in the world players do that, because part of what you want to do is go to your your best situation. And I'm sitting here trying to think of, of players, Myron, who in the course of their career have been more talented, won less, and been a bigger headache. 888-SAY-ESPN if you have one. More talented, one less. Okay, so Kyrie's been a headache, but he has won a title, right? And he made big shots on the way to that title. Dennis Rodman was a headache, but was part of multiple championships in Detroit and in Chicago. Can you think of a guy who had more talent, as, as much talent as Harden, was as much of a headache, but won less to justify the headache more than James Harden in any sport because I can't really think of one. No, I, I I can't either. And again, you know, personality quirks, that's one thing. A lot of guys have that, and that's okay. I mean, this is a dude who, if a situation goes south, he's going to blame you. Like, that's been his tendency. It's everybody else's fault. You know the worst person to deal with as you get older, Matt, to have yes. in your friend group? 
is the guy who blames everybody else for anything that goes wrong. It's never their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. And when you hear that in your 20s, you're like, all right, maybe maybe they have a point. When you get to your 30s and 40s, you're like, dude, you've been saying this for 20 years, man. It has to be you as well. And James Harden seems like a guy who just won't accept that it's him and all this. He said some strong words about Daryl Morey. I'm telling you, man, I would tell him don't come to training camp. Also, we're not going to trade you. You just won't have a home this year. So, Myron, you and I, uh, obviously filling in on this show, I decided to look up on Twitter what people were saying to ESPN Radio about our job so far. Okay. I wouldn't recommend doing that just in general, just to the general ESPN Radio. Like one person writes here, why is Matt Jones on this morning ESPN show? It's the first segment, and I already hate him. Then one person writes, Myron Metcalf, He's the college basketball dude. Tell him to stop talking about my guy, Anthony Richardson. So we welcome all of you all. The guest yeah. host, thank you for making us feel welcome here on ESPN Mornings. And we will go from behind-the-scenes <laughs> drama on Twitter and in the NBA to the NFL. That's next here on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is ESPN Radio. It is mornings here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Meyer Metcalf filling in for the week. We are now joined by Dan Graziano, who is live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. He is an NFL reporter. Dan, thanks for coming in with us. Let's start in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. Reports are seem to be that he's going to end up back in camp what changed on that how did they reach a resolution and when should we see him on the field oh i don't know that they've reached a resolution i think that he was rehabbing away from camp last week and the expectation is that he'll be back in camp this week to continue working on uh, rehabbing that ankle so no I, i my understanding is he still wants a new contract if they don't want to give it to him he wants to be traded and i think this thing is far from over just because he returns to indianapolis uh, and rejoins the team this week, I don't think means that this situation is resolved. Trey Lance had some hiccups, clearly, uh, in his preseason debut. But uh, he's in a situation where he's trying to prove that he can play in this league. What's the latest on him? And if they decide to move on, where could Trey Lance end up? Well, look, I mean, if that's an if, right? Like, the 49ers know as well as anybody the importance of having quarterback depth. So it may be that they decide to keep everybody, especially, you know, at least through the – 
uh, up until the trade deadline, and, and then we'll see. But, like, in terms of Trey Lance, this is a guy that hasn't played a lot of football games in his life, right? Like, like that's the whole thing. In college, he played one, one game his last year in college. So uh, any experience like what he had yesterday is beneficial, even though it looked ugly. Um, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, you go back a year, he was their starter, and they felt decent about it. So if something happened to Brock Purdy, could they go with Trey Lance again? I, I think they feel like they could. Um, but if if Purdy turns out to be the guy and healthy all year and they like Sam Darnold as the backup or Brandon Allen or whoever it is, yeah, I think Trey Lance an interesting trade chip come the deadline. And, and, I mean, look, if you are a team that's unsure about your quarterback situation next year, that isn't sure you're going to have a high enough draft pick to really solve it, right? Is that team like a Tampa Bay? Does somebody like that take a chance on, on Trey Lance? Like, you know, a team that has a veteran maybe, you know, I don't know if the Niners would trade him to the Rams, but a, a team like that, right, that has sort of an aging veteran that doesn't necessarily have a backup plan in place. So, yeah, I think he could be very interesting because, you know, he was the number three pick in the draft. I don't think it was like a ridiculous pick in the eyes of a lot of other teams. He's a guy that has talent, and I think uh, there's, there's thought that uh, maybe there's still something coming there. You know, they say in uh, poker you don't throw good money after bad, Dan. I do wonder to the extent when, when a trade happens where you give up a lot to mm-hmm. get a guy like that, do the, the good GMs sort of realize, hey, that yeah. we may just not have lost? Or is there a sense that sometimes they go, we did so much to get this, we have to make it work? I think there's always a little bit of the latter at the beginning, right? Like you, you want to try and recoup your investment best you can. But you do get to a point where, like, I mean, look, what, what they gave up to go get Trey Lance in the draft is not, if they decide to trade him, they're not going to be able to get anything near that. I mean, his value at that time was very high coming out of college and, and you know, with, with his whole future in front of him. Now he's a little bit more, I mean, you know, damaged, good, damaged goods is a harsh thing to say, but you don't understand the concept of what I'm saying, right? Like it, there's, a, there's a few more dings on his, uh, on his uh, you know, uh, his prospects than there were at that time. So... I think, yeah, I don't think the 49ers, I think the 49ers would be looking to maximize their return, but I don't think you have to get back everything you gave up. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to give them that. I think Hard Knocks has only made the Jets even more fascinating. You look at what they have defensively with Sauce and Quentin Williams. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is there. Garrett Wilson, Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. But the offensive line has been the concern. Makai Becton coming off his second significant knee injury in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. How concerned uh, should the Jets be about the offensive line with Aaron Rodgers now being the leader of that squad? Yeah, I think there's some concern. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get rid of the ball quickly, and that'll mitigate a lot of that. And, and look, I mean, they if Makai Becton was the 10th pick in the draft, like if he can play like that, then they're in good shape, right? <laughs> right at the left tackle position. Uh, so, or right tackle, wherever, however they sort it out. But my thing is, like, so much of the season depends on, like, how deep you are, especially at positions like that. Uh, inevitably, there are going to be injuries, health issues, changes on the offensive line. And are the Jets built to weather that? Like, if Makai Becton, who's only played one game the last two years, um, can't answer the bell for 17 games, uh, what else do they have at that position? I think they get very, very thin very, very quickly at tackle where their their starters are really question marks. So I think it's a concern. I think they'll be out looking for offensive line help as teams start to cut guys here in a couple of weeks, but it's easier said than done. I mean, that, that those, those are not positions where quality solutions become available in mid to late August. So they really need, I think they need the best case scenario from the guys they have slotted in at the starting tackle positions, and, that, and that's, their, that, that's their hope. 
Talking to Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter. I, you know, I watched to get ready to do this show this week. I did something that normally, Dan, I would never do, which is watch NFL preseason games. I respect people who feel like they can get something out of it. I rarely do, but I did watch a lot of them. And the one thing that stuck out to me the most is that Jordan Love looked like an NFL quarterback to me. And I don't know when I've watched him play in the past if I felt like that. Right. How did you feel about it? And is there a sense that maybe that thing can work in Green Bay? Sure. I think there's a sense of it. Look, he was a first-round pick. He's a guy they they saw something in. uh, And, you know, he's been in their program for three three years. So, look – I think talking to people last week ahead of that game, the thought was like he he shows a lot of flashes. You can see the talent, maybe a little ways to go in terms of, you know, the way he's seeing the field, that kind of thing. And obviously he looked good in the game. Now, what are the Bengals throwing at him in terms of defense in that game? Is it is it is it just is it backups? Is it just vanilla? Are they not scheming to try and stop him? That's the problem, right, with the preseason games. You don't know what you're watching. One team might be game planning. The other team might not. Uh, so, it, but it's great. Like, it's great for his confidence. It's great for him to go out there and look, as you say, look like an NFL starting quarterback because that's what he is now. Uh, and he has to prove it, if not to himself, then to others. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, I think it was positive. I'm not sure we should take from it that, oh, he's ready to hit the ground running in week one. It may be that, that there's still, uh, some growing pains to come with not just Jordan Love, but that offense overall is extremely young. And, and I think the expectation in Green Bay is that now that the quarterback, is love and he's young like a lot of the receivers are that they'll sort of grow together. It didn't feel like Sean Payton putting Russell Wilson out there just to, you know, help him get a few series under his belt. I mean, four series is a lot, especially for a veteran uh, quarterback. What was the value of that for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? Well, Russell didn't play at all in the preseason last year, and, and you guys know because Sean Payton's on the record that he wants to do everything the opposite of what uh, what they did last <laughs> he was year. was clear about that, yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I, I, they, they got to get the operation down, right? Sean Payton wants to make sure that Russell Wilson uh, is used to hearing his voice in his ear, that um, they get to play in on time, that, you know, he's teaching a, Russell Wilson a new offense here, and the more live reps with angry guys in front of them that they can get, the better. So I think this is a situation where there's a lot of pressure on coach and quarterback for this thing to go well right away. And and what Sean Payton has decided is this game action with Russell Wilson against a, a real opponent uh, is, is valuable in terms of getting down the stuff they need to have. They need they need to have this stuff pretty operating pretty smoothly uh, in, what is it, three, three and a half weeks when the, when the season starts? Four weeks? Where are we now? But, yeah, <laughs> about three and a half weeks. Yeah. Uh, Dan, just we'll get you out with this one. Four rookie quarterbacks, highly picked, Stroud, Young, Levis and Richardson all had struggles, which is to be expected in their first game. Is there anything you're hearing outside of what we saw in preseason week one that if you were a fan of one of those four teams that picked, you would be at all concerned about their their early picks? I think the concern that showed up uh, with the rookie quarterbacks is what's in front of them, right? Like the pass protection in front of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud did not look good. Now, The Texans, I know, were playing without three starters on the offensive line because of a couple injuries and because they didn't want Laramie Tunsil in that game. So uh, it'll look different. And Carolina, you know, I I think Carolina feels pretty good about its offensive line. I don't know off the top of my head how many guys started uh, that would be starters in the regular season. But that, to me, 
I mean, these these clips here of Bryce Young, like he has no chance. So I, I think yeah, the the key thing to remember is what do these teams look like around these rookie quarterbacks? Can they keep them protected? Uh, and if not, then I think yeah, it could be a rough go. But I I think both of those teams expect better pass protection, better offensive line play than what they got in week one of the preseason. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter from New York. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Now, it's not just the NFL that's starting. College football, you know, Myron, in two weeks we're going to have games. Week zero, which I don't know how they named it that. But I actually believe this might be one of the more open college football seasons we've seen in a long time, and I will explain why next here on Mornings on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio, the traditions. There's no team I love more than this team. We got a national championship to chase. The rivalry. This is college football as good as it gets. The drama. Watching downfield all the way to the end zone. Only 12 days until week zero. College football lives here. ESPN Radio. It is mornings here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Myron Metcalf. Myron, I'm not going to lie. I can try to act cool. I think a lot of people would realize that would be false, but it is mm-hmm. kind of cool to read Sports Center. I'm not going to lie. I've never done that in my entire time. This is the first time we've hosted this morning show. Getting to read Sports Center and then have the done enough. You told me I was Man. a little kid. I could read Sports oh. Center. Are you kidding me, Myron? I think that's absolutely the coolest thing. Man, living the dream every day, man. Like that's sometimes, exactly right. uh, now, even when you're here for a while, you get cool opportunities. Now, if you get the Twitter haters, it's not quite as much as a dream. But I want to yeah, give a shout-out okay. to Sergeant Jason. You know, we read earlier some people who weren't as big a fan. Sergeant Jason says, them folks being harsh this morning, they're just crotchety people that don't like change. You and Myron are doing great. Tell those people Sergeant Jason said hush. Sergeant Jason said hush to the haters, Myron. I like – plus he's a sergeant. He knows what he's talking yeah. about. I'm with him. I'm with it. I appreciate the good feedback. We need more of that. One person on the text machine, 772-774-5254. I was just wanted you to ask Myron, where did Lamar Jackson play in college? I'm not, I can't remember, Myron. What was the school where Lamar Jackson Lo- played? Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> That's how y'all say it, right? Louisville. No, it's Louisville. 
Love. <laughs> love. I can't, you, I can't you, you can't do it. You simply love. cannot do it. It's very simple. Lul vol. Go. Love. <laughs> yeah. never, you're never going to be able to. All together never, now. Louisville. It's, I'll tell you, man, like the way y'all say it is just the different. It's a no, different. No, I mean, alphabet. the people. The people from out of Kentucky will say Louisville. That's not how you yeah, say. Yeah, that's. But see, I'm a fraud if I don't say Louisville. So I want to no, say. No, but you like know, I want you to be like I want you to say the things we say in Kentucky. We do no, not say Louisville. We say Louisville. You can do it, Louisville. You just want me to be a punchline, man. Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. I don't. I just want you to it someday learn how to say it. Now, you probably won't have Louisville. to say Louisville's name in terms of the championship contenders this year, although they will be better in football. But, Myron, I think this is going to be an interesting year in college football because for the last couple of years, college football has basically been, really for the last three or four years, Georgia or Alabama, and let's see who's the best. Clemson was good a couple years ago with Trevor Lawrence. Ohio State's been decent. But really it's been, is Georgia or Alabama the best? I think you could make the case that even though they didn't make the playoff last year, Alabama was the second best team. But this Georgia team, while preseason number one, is not as loaded as they've been the last two years. Alabama can't find a quarterback. And you have this group of teams, Penn State, Florida State, USC, that are kind of hovering beneath them. And I think, Myron, I'm not saying it's wide open. I still think Georgia and Alabama are probably the two best teams. But LSU and Texas A&M and even Tennessee are good in the SEC. I think this has the potential. The, you know, College football has the least parity of any sport in recent years. Yeah. I think this is a year where you might see some new names actually make some noise. Yeah, I think it's fascinating, right? Because, you know, three really good teams lost three amazing quarterbacks at this level. Stetson Bennett is gone after his 17th season at Georgia. CJ well, Stroud. He, he got AAR, AARP <laughs> membership, so he yeah. was able to go and do that. <laughs> he, had to, he had to go. Uh, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young at Alabama. So there's just uncertainty at that position at schools where there's always a successor, right? And now the best quarterbacks are sort of in that next tier. Caleb Williams at USC, Bo Nix at Oregon, Jaden Daniels at LSU, Jordan Travis at Florida State, Cam Rising at Utah. So suddenly there's a pack of four, five, six teams that have these Heisman Trophy candidate quarterbacks, and then Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State kind of holding up the top there, but the gap isn't as wide. I think this is when college football is at its best. I still can't I understand, Matt, that there were people who fought against a 12-team playoff. Like, I, I can't understand – why you would want fewer teams in the postseason when that's the greatest thing about college football, seeing the non-Alabama-Georgia teams compete and see if maybe somebody gets a shot at those teams and knocks them off. But the 12-team playoffs can be great in years like this where you see the parity just exemplifies why we should open up the postseason like we're going to do next year. Yeah, this is the last year, and I wish it was this year because I actually think this would be a year where you could really see some upsets. I mean, let's take Georgia. They've won the last two, trying to be the first team since Minnesota back in the 40s to win three straight. Here's the problem. I don't think they're nearly as good as they've been. Their defense has had something like 13 people drafted in the last two years, and they'll take a step back. But their schedule, Myron, is the worst schedule you've ever seen. 
They're playing in the East. Their team's in the West. Their rival is Auburn, who's not good. They litter, And they played no one in the non-conference. Kirby Smart and Georgia should be embarrassed about their non-conference schedule. <laughs> they literally play no one. So you look at their schedule, even though I don't think they're going to be as good – they really only play one game that you could say they might lose at Tennessee. Otherwise, they're probably going to win. So they are going to make the playoff. But I do think in the playoff, they would be much more vulnerable to an upset. And you just look around these leagues, and there are a lot more good teams. I mean, this is the last year of the Pac-12 as we know it. But USC with Caleb Williams becomes, I think, a national title contender. Florida State, this is probably the best version of Florida State we've seen in a decade. I think you could make the same case for Penn State. This might be the best version of Penn State we've seen in a decade. Notre Dame, maybe the best version in four or five years. That's exciting to me. Those are all powers from the past that maybe haven't been recently and have a chance this year to kind of rise up again. Yeah, I think people are probably going to wait. Florida State is good again. Is, is Chris Wanky playing? Like, like you know, how, how did this happen? It's been a long time, but they're right there in the mix. I would say for the last decade, three teams could win the national championship every year. And those yeah. teams are usually Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, LSU in there sometimes. Like yeah, the combination one, of those you teams. You just hit them. It was one version of those five teams. It would yeah. alternate every year. But really, you could go into the season and take those five and feel very confident you were getting the national title. Yeah, and it feels like this year legitimately there might be 10 or 11 teams. Now, by week four, we might have a different conversation, but it does feel like going into the season – uh, there is a large group of teams that have a real chance to actually compete with a national championship. Texas A&M, by the way, I just want to bring them up. I think it's going to be the most fascinating thing in the world to see Jimbo Fisher with his offensive coordinator, Slick Bobby Petrino. <laughs> there may not be two larger egos in one room in the, in forever, and they are going to have to – they're both offensive minds. They're going to have yeah. to figure out how to work together. There's zero chance that we don't get a story that Bobby Petrino and either Jimbo or some assistant got in a behind-the-scenes fist fight at some point this yeah. year. You know, Myron, yes. in the grand scheme of things that I know are not going to work, Jimbo yeah. Fisher and Bobby Petrino together is at the top of that list. Oh, I'm willing to bet the fist fights already happened. You, you know, we're just not going to hear about it for a month or so. Yeah, that's an interesting mix. Uh, Jimbo with all the guaranteed money. A lot of those fans are turning on him. Uh, they thought they would just be, you know, in, in a pool of gold. And here they are trying to be relevant. It's going to be interesting to see the Jimbo Fisher situation. You know, he's still talking about NIL and, you know, still talking about, you know, all these guys not getting money. It's like, dude, you're the last person yeah, to really comment on anything. Jimbo Fisher should complain on nothing. <laughs> Nobody has thrown more money yes. away on NIL than Jimbo <laughs> Fisher in the last few years. And I just want to say, I don't know who's in charge at ESPN of documentaries, but whoever is, if you do not do a documentary on the time period where Bobby Petrino and Rick Patino were the coaches <laughs> at U of L at the same time, yes. I mean – the backstage of that, that should be the next 30 for 30 if I had anything to say about it. Now, there are lots of headlines around that are not in NBA, NFL, and college football, including a man walked around with soggy, sweaty pants yesterday, and I felt sorry for him. We'll deal with that and other headlines next here on Mornings on ESPN Radio. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is ESPN Radio. It is mornings here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones and Myron Metcalf filling in, enjoying ourselves this week. We'll be here again tomorrow. Got up early to make it happen. People now are, are texting me and saying we look a lot more awake. That's 6 a.m. hour. Listen. Kudos to those of you that do it. But, like, it, what, it's, it's a lot. One person right now. It was though, all coffee. You know, see, I'm, I continue to check, Myron, the ESPN radio account. People are yeah, saying you're into nicer that. things to us. You, you don't want to do that, but I'm trying to understand what the people are saying, Myron. Cal yeah, Daddy I mean, I just, 79. Do you know who Cal okay. Daddy 79 is? <laughs> no. No. Cal Daddy 79 says, I like that you're rip, repping your high school with your sweatshirt, Middlesbrough High School in Bell County, Kentucky. But why are you wearing so much eyeliner? First of all, Myron, I'm not wearing any <laughs> eyeliner. What? Now, this is just what my eyes look like. And now you're yeah. like, what, what's wrong with my eyes? I, this is just what I look like, Myron. A man just looks like he looks. And there's nothing wrong with wearing makeup. I wear makeup on TV. I'm wearing makeup right now. It, it's okay. I have... My powder, I got a consultation. But at least so, you, you know, did. Like, I'm not wearing makeup, sets, and he's ex- he is accusing me of wearing eyeliner. At least I'd like to be wearing it if he was yeah. going to acu- accuse me of it. But nevertheless. That's a random thing to point out, too, though. Like, how close yeah. is he looking at your eyes to be That's able true. to think about that? Hey, cow you know daddy, I mean? stop looking at my eyes so closely, <laughs> all right? You do your own thing. Hang out with your cows. <laughs> All right, we have headlines across the world of sports. I like to do where we talk about some things that maybe aren't at the top of the news. You can only talk about Jordan Love in the NFL so much. So Pat's Mm going to come in here. He has four headlines from the weekend, and he'll get our commentary. Pat, what's the first one? Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, Golfer Lucas Glover won the St. Jude Championship, but his sweaty pants stole the show as he was uh, walking around. How would you feel if you were walking around? sweaty pants but then you won all right if you didn't mm. see this myron he was wearing he must have been wearing like those old school thick khakis you know yeah. like these were not air resisted at all he started sweating under his uh buttocks area and more it was not a good look mm. but the problem is it's not like you can just go change he started sweating yeah. on hole eight and he had to just keep sweating the sweat got worse and worse now he did win the tournament but nobody even remembers that he won it. Lucas Glover, forever in my mind, will be old sweaty pants. I hate that for him, Myron, but it just is how it is. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that part's unfortunate. I did see the photos and the images. Here's the thing, man. When you leave the house, you need to know what level of sweater you are. Like, you need to understand <laughs> your sweat potential. That's you true. just do. It, and it's not one of those things you can fake. You got to be very, very real with yourself. And I think if you're Lucas Glover, you got to know you bring a second pair of pants out there. Like, you understand your sweat potential. Also, isn't his caddy supposed to be in charge of stuff like yes. that? Like, doesn't his caddy have to put him in a position where it's like, listen, man, this is a bad look for everybody. Let's fix this. So it's Sunday I, I blame at the, the caddy Cup. and also him not knowing his sweat potential. Listen, clearly you're a sweater, Lucas. It's okay. There's yeah. a lot of people that sweat. You know that. You yeah. never wear pants that will show it. You need to be wearing dark Can't. pants for the dark. rest of your life. If I see khakis on you again, Lucas, they better Mm-mm. be air-resistant. Those thick cotton things you wore in grade not school good. are not made for summer in a Sunday of a championship where you're in contention. What's next? Well, speaking of cotton, there was a tennis match in Montreal that was interrupted by the Cotton Eye Joe. I don't that's even know ex- how I'd react if I was interrupted that's by That's exactly the guy right. If you didn't see this video, two women were playing in the semifinals of a big uh, WTA tournament, and all of a sudden this played in the middle. Cotton Eye Joe, and they had to keep playing the point, but it was very loud. Would you be distracted, Myron, if you heard Cotton Eye Joe in the middle of your tennis point? Definitely. I mean, and, and to me, like, who's the DJ? Who did it? <laughs> You know, that, that like it feels like at tennis, there are only very few specific moments where you're asked to play music, right? Like, you're not playing yes. music a lot. And so, why are you still playing Cotton Eye Joe? It's 2023. <laughs> like, let's get a new DJ. I mean, no offense. Have you ever listened, by the way, Myron, to the lyrics of Cotton Eye Joe? No, I have not. The lyrics basically are, if it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd have been married a long time ago. But do you know why it is? Cotton Eye Joe came to town and took all the women, the entire women, like all the women in the town left their men to be with Cotton Eye Joe. And so he says, if it hadn't been for him, I'd have been married. But you got to watch out. If Cotton Eye Joe comes to your town, your lady is gone. Tell you what, if Cotton Eye Joe had been in Milwaukee, there wouldn't have been no more Cotton Eye Joe because he would have been, he would have been tracked down. That's right. Probably yeah. should happen somewhere else. What's next? <laughs> Jalen Brunson helped the United States beat Spain. Do we care? Well, the World Cup of Basketball, Myron, is going on. Jalen Brunson had a big game. Anthony Edwards has played well. Mm-hmm. But they've started – either have they started the tournament or about to start? I don't even know, which tells They're you the level I'm yes. paying attention. Still about to start. Do you care? Will you watch the World Cup of Basketball? Good American team, all NBA guys. I'm definitely watching. I mean, Anthony Edwards, uh, obviously I'm in Minnesota. I think he's taking the next step in his career. You know, this summer action is great for young players. But here's the other thing. Believe it or not, LeBron James isn't going to play forever. Kevin Durant is going to be in his late 30s. Steph Curry has reached his mid-30s. Like, the next generation of stars are coming, whether people like it or not. And I think this is such a great showcase for your Jalen Brunsons and Anthony Edwards and Brandon Ingrams and all these guys who are playing. So, it's great for the NBA, and it's great for these guys to still take pride. Like, so many superstars don't want to play in these yeah. global competitions. Those young guys want to be there. So it's cool to see their passion as they're playing against the best it teams is, around the world. but they don't have that one guy, right? Like, so I mean, they so all those guys. Well, maybe, but you're up there. You're up there in that part of the country. I don't know if America feels that way yet. I think they should. Like, he's that good. 
But I don't yeah. know if people feel that way. I think the problem for this is they don't have that one guy, the guy that says, I am going to tune in for him. I'll probably watch a game at some point, but I don't know that it's going to get the attention even other world championships have in the past. What's our last one? Wait, real quick, Myron, I'll give you $5 if you can tell me when the next USA game or when the first USA game is in the World Cup and who they're playing. Is it August 26 against Slovenia? Uh, no, it's New Zealand, and you Googled that. There's a singer named Jerry Wall. <laughs> I didn't Google you anything. Google, but I want to know. I he didn't Googled Google anything. Sti- he Googled it and still got it wrong. He still got it wrong. Wait, wait. Did I, get the date? did I get the date? Yes. He still got okay, it wrong. Okay, I got the What's date. What's the last I one? I want 26. you to say this last one. Don't let me. You know what, man? Here's what, I, here's what I'm going to protest right now. When I do the right thing, you all still come back and go, oh, you Googled that. You don't read books. How would you know that? Right? And I'm tired of it. Okay, I'm really tired of it. At the end of the day, I I knew that, and I didn't get credit. I deserve credit for that, man. All right, I'll give him credit. His feelings are hurt. He's up early, Pat. Let's be nice. What's your last one? Slovenia and New Zealand are close. We decided to interrupt Myron's point by playing Pat and I, No, they're not that far from each other. (laughs) They're not close at all. Go ahead. It's a plane ride. That's it. Okay. They're both on Earth, I guess. Uh, You guys (laughs) You guys know that there's a singer named Jelly Roll, and apparently his fans don't like Dan Snyder. I learned about this this morning. So, Matt, you're going to yes. have to uh, close him. There's a in. singer called Jelly Roll. Do you know Jelly Roll? He sings I've about, seen Jelly Roll, yes. Yeah, I, I don't listen to his music, but he sings Jelly Roll. He did a concert last night in D.C., and the crowd spontane- spontaneously started chanting, blank Dan Snyder. Do you think with that, with him gone, the fan base will now finally unite? If they were so against him, they started chanting in a Jelly Roll concert. I feel like that will bring those fans together. They've suffered enough. Matt, you know how hard it is to be hated as an owner of a team? Yes. Like, that's, you got to work to get that kind of status, and Dan Snyder earned that for sure. If, if I know your name, and you're an owner, and you're not my team's <laughs> owner, chances are you're doing too much. I, you should yeah. not know owners' names. And as far yeah. as Jelly Roll, I don't listen to his music, but I know he's very popular. 20,000 people, that's a pretty good crowd yeah. in D.C. We had some breaking news this morning. James Harden called out his GM harsh words that you never hear. We'll deal with that. That's next here on Mornings on ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.